lessons from my US trip, why principles are important, and never ever giving up. Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze, where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles. I've missed you the last couple of weeks, been behind this microphone, but I kind of, you know, I was spoiled because while I missed you from talking to you from behind this microphone, I got to actually spend time with you face to face. I got time to be around your wonderful people in your wonderful nation. Talking to you in person about why you're an exceptional nation. I had an amazing and amazing trip. And I actually want to talk to you about my trip because I learned a lot of things. And I think a lot of things that are important to share. So for those that you don't know me, I'm really kind of a boring person. I kind of, I'm not the typical guy to go on vacation. So I have my job in Ireland. I'm really blessed and lucky to have one. But when I go on vacation, you know, most people will, you know, we all go to Bush Gardens or you'll go to Disney World or, you know, you go lay by a pool or you go get some sun and sea and all those different things. For me, I'm not that type of guy. I need to kind of do stuff. And because I'm so worried about the future, I kind of want to do stuff that's important. So a couple of months ago, I organized this trip and I was going over for a particular event in Dallas and sadly that event didn't happen, but I'd already booked my flights, my accommodation. So I was like, well, I'm going, I'm, I'm not just going to hang out and eat a load of food and eat some barbecue, which would be amazing, but I need to do something more. So I actually made up a plan and I reached out to a load of people and I got blessed to give eight different speeches around your wonderful nation. I got to, it was mainly based in Texas, but I also got to visit some friends up in Tulsa and talk to them one night. Had a blast. But I also had an ulterior motive, which I told no one about. So if you've been to these events, what a lot of people do when they speak is, you know, they'll turn up, they'll give their 20 minute, 30 minute talk, maybe do a Q&A, maybe sign a few books or a few autographs and then leave. I wanted to be slightly different because of who I am, but because I also had an ulterior motive for coming over to speak with your groups. I, w- I turned up early to most speeches where I could, met with your people beforehand, just chit-chatted, just general about things. I went to, did the Q&A speeches. I spoke for between 20 minutes and I think an hour and five or an hour and ten was the longest one. They kind of just gave me f- free reign to talk. And if you're a long-term listener, you know, talking isn't a problem I have, I, especially about American exceptionalism. And then I did a Q&A, and then I hung out with a lot of people afterwards, and sometimes I broke bread with some of the, you know, senior people of the groups. The reason I did this is because I actually wanted to hear back from you. I wanted to hear from the people on the ground, not been interviewed, not been, hey, this is, you know, what I should say because the media wants to get hold of it. I just wanted to talk, because that's the one disadvantage I have been in Ireland, the disadvantage of being disconnected from you. I'm really lucky with everyone who listens to this show, you know, you interact with me, you engage with me, you know, publicly and privately. I'm really so blessed. But 
you know, I wanted just to have raw feelings, raw, no BS, no, you know, 140 characters or less, just a chit chat. I wanted to learn what you, what you really think about politics. And I want to share some of the things I learned from you today. So I talked to people from all sides of the political spectrum. I had people who I'd never met someone with this label before. I had someone come up to me and said, I'm a JFK Democrat. I had someone else say to me that, you know, she's an old school Democrat, but voted for Trump for the first time. Was their first Republican ever to vote for. I had other people say they were Reagan Democrats, you know, blue collar Democrats, Republicans, Tea Parties. I spoke to everyone across the spectrum. And there's a couple of things that you all agree on. You may not think it, but there is. When you don't have a camera in your face, when you don't have a microphone in your face, when you're just talking, I didn't find anyone who said, you know what, I'm really happy with the state of our politics. I never saw anyone or heard anyone say to me, you know what, the division, the haste, the looking down on other sides, you know, blaming your fellow Americans for stuff. I'm really happy with that. I'm really proud of where we are. In fact, I didn't hear that, but I heard the opposite. I think a lot of people are fed up with the haste, are fed up with the anger, are fed up with the outrage of what's going on in your country. That was the first thing I learned. The second thing I learned was because I wanted to know what people honestly thought about Donald Trump. I'm I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. It's not my job to support politicians. I actually just call out principles. Whether he, when Donald Trump says good stuff and does good stuff, I'll give him credit. When he does stuff that I believe is wrong, I'll call him out on it. That's who I am. That's who I've always been. I did the same under Barack Obama. I did the same under George Bush. And I will do the same under the next president. And I expect to be held by those standards. But I wanted to see what people actually thought about him on the ground. Here's the thing I learned. A lot of people are frustrated. Not not specifically with Donald Trump, but with the coverage of him and how people around him respond. I got people saying to me, I'm so sick and tired of the coverage this guy gets. Let's just call balls and strikes. I was like, I've used that phrase, amen, let's, let's do that. But people were frustrated to me where the constant outrages, the constant baloney from the media of how he is literally the Satan, he is literally Stalin himself, or Hitler himself, or the, or Satan, if you believe in religion. He is just the worst guy ever. All the outrages. But they also said to me they're frustrated with how people around him react, where, you know, there are now people saying he's the greatest of all time, he's goat. Where's the honest conversations? But here's one thing I got learned as well linking to that so in a nutshell my speech depending whether it was 20 minutes or narrow was boiled down to a couple of points and the key thing i wanted to do was make the case of why america is an exceptional nation not my opinion but factually the principles your nation was founded on make you exceptional make you unique there is no other nation like you your founders wrote checks yes you haven't cashed all of them you haven't even cashed some of them But your founders wrote checks 240 years ago that no one else has even discussed, let alone rice. That makes you exceptional. You have, within each of every one of you, within your nation, a duty to be excellent, to be exceptional, to be amazing, to be a leader. You have that within you. It's just a case of whether you want it. But I gave this speech down in Texas. And people were very complimentary. saying, oh, I I like the way you presented things. I like your style. 
But you know what else they said? It's been a long time since I've heard that. Why is it that an Irishman talking about the case of American exceptionalism is now considered a long time since I've heard that? Is that a healthy society to live in? Is that the norm? Can you be exceptional when you don't talk about those principles? Which leads me on to the next thing I learned. People are hungry for it. People are hungry for principles. People are hungry for passion. You know, American people are amazing people. You're very warm. You're very, you know, outgoing. You're very much look to the future. But you don't respond well when you're told you suck. You don't respond well to how people demean you. Who tell you, you know, you should be like someone else. You should be following, you know, Europe or Norwegian style socialism or every fill in the blank. You don't respond well to that. But because so many people have forgotten and have not heard the case of why you are an exceptional nation, I think it's manifested in to say, well, I know we're better, but I don't know why. And a feel of loss, a feel of pain. You're like, I I believe we can be exceptional. I believe we've changed the world. But why is everyone always telling us to be like everyone else? They didn't change the world. We in part did. And in large part did. The world we live in in 2019 has largely been shaped by America. But no, because it's not been shared, because it's not been taught, a lot of people don't know how to respond. Which leads me to my next point. Back to politics. Everyone I met, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a JFK Democrat, whether you're a Conservative, whether you're a Tea Party, whether you're a 912er, all agreed with the following statement. That right now, politics is influencing your principles. Whether, you were, whether it was a large part, whether it was a small part, let's not get into the politics of it, but of you know certain elections, but largely, your politics is influencing your principles. You believe in the lesser of two evils. You believe in compromise. You believe in, you know, thresholds. Is that a healthy way of living? Is that a healthy society where your politics influences your principles? Or should it be the other way around? Should your principles be influencing your politics? Everyone I met said they agreed the principles should be influencing our politics. No one knew how to get there. Which led me... To Donald Trump. A lot of people are just sick of the coverage. A lot of people are sick of the outrages. A lot of people are sick with and frustrated and tired of all this stuff. This 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 week, the Michael Cohn case. All the stuff Michael Cohn is out there saying. This guy has no credibility. You know, there used to be a situation where in society where, you know, you would take with a grain of salt what people are saying. You'd you'd ask yourself, okay, you're saying these things, but what is the motive behind you saying these things? You know, it's like me going, it's like, let me give you a simple example, right? Now, this is a real simple example. I'm dating a girl, right? Girl says, oh, John's awesome. He's so cute. He's always so kind. He's so compassionate. da 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 then we break up, and she says John was the worst person. He was he was a hater. He was he hated everyone. He didn't like talking to people, and he he just you know he just didn't treat me well. Now, here's the question: What would you believe that, or would you take it with a grain of salt? Would you go? What's your motive for saying it now? What? Why are you saying this now? Now, may, am I saying it's automatically a lie? No, but what is your motive? 
maybe we broke up on bad terms and her motive was to go, you know what? We broke up on bad terms for whatever reason. I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm emotional at you. I just want to hurt you. I just want to lash out at you. There is no fair coverage. There is no fair coverage. Look at the case of Michael Cohen. I'm like, this guy, this guy, the President Trump that you're dis- you're dis- you're discussing and that you're you're describing sounds like a real bad guy. Why did you work with him for so long? Why? What does that say about your character? There's so many things. But here's the thing. Does it matter? How much of your culture do you discuss that you get outraged by in your society matters? We literally have so much to discuss right now. Are we placing a priority on what's important? Let me give you an example. Babies been aborted and murdered when they survive an abortion is a bill been discussed in, in certain parts of your country. Infanticide has been discussed, yet everyone's outraged about Michael Cohen. This week, President Trump was meeting King Jong-un in Hanai. Which is more important, that or Michael Cohen? That or Michael Cohen? Right now, just look at all the tweets and just, you know, even have a look through your own timeline. What are people focused on? What I found by talking to your people was a lot of people felt frustrated that they were not focused on the right things. And a lot of people are hurt by it. And a lot of people don't know how to act. A lot of people are confused. I was blessed to give eight different speeches. And with those eight different speeches and doing all the media appearances, I found out some lessons. And I actually want to present some solutions to you. I want to make the case of how I'm going to act going forward. But I'm also going to make the case of the journey forward that I would encourage you and maybe ask you to join me on. Before we get to those solutions, I just want to give you a big thank you because you made something possible. I did many cool things on this trip and I got to meet so many amazing people and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. But one of the things I was able to do on this trip was I was able to give Mercury One $380, $380 profit because I created these hoodies you know, with America making the impossible possible since 1776, Freedom's Disciple hoodies, never personal, always principled. All these hoodies, there's about eight or seven or eight designs, I think, on my website, freedomsdisciple.com. Every cent of profit goes to Mercury One and to the Nazarene Fund. To be able to actually give them that money, because we've been selling these for a couple of months now, and you guys have bought them, and thank you so much for doing that, because... I believe in free markets, I believe in trade, but I also believe in charity, and that's why I'm doing this. I want to help make a better tomorrow. I don't want to come behind this microphone and say, hey, will you give money to Mercury One? Will you consider the Nazarene Fund? Will you help rescue Christians? I want to be able to say, hey, I have this great product. I believe it's a great product. I think it's great quality. Buy it from me, and every cent of the profits go to Mercury One. Well, to be able to be part of that was amazing, but to be actually physically able to go into Mercury One with $380 of your money, not mine, this wasn't about me, this is about you, this this idea 
and to be able to actually give them $380 from this audience was was truly an amazing feat. And between that and the fundraiser we did earlier in the year, we've raised over $800 so far. That doesn't seem like a lot of money. Like $800 is like, eh, what I've heard, seeing people raise ten grand and twenty grand and fifty grand. Trust me when I say this. They were really appreciative of you all. They said, look, if everyone did this, we would raise so much money in true rescuing so many Christians. And it's that ethos. And we're going to keep doing it. So if you have birthday presents coming up, go check them out. Go check out the designs, freedomsdisciple.com slash store. And we're going to keep giving them money. I'm, going to, I'm hoping to go back in June, which I'll talk to you about later on. I'm going to give them more money. We're going to keep doing this and keep raising money for Mercury One because they do amazing, amazing work on the ground. And 100% of the proceeds go to actually to save the issue that we want to save. In this case, the Christians in the Middle East. So what are the solutions? Here are the solutions that I believe... And I can only make the case for what I'm going to do. I, I, it's very egotistical and say, well, here's the case of what every American needs to do. It's not my job to tell you what every American is going to do. But I'm going to make the case of my, my path. Because as amazing this trip was, I got to see so many people, I got to give speeches, I got to do media. It was an amazing trip. It was a very tiring trip. I'm feeling the kind of end results of it now. Because I did, I wasn't a friend to the environment. I was, AOC would not be happy with me if she found out what I did. You know, first of all, my salute to AOC and the Green New Deal was, in 12 days, I did over 2,500 miles worth of driving in an SUV. In a gas-guzzling SUV. Not a little compact car, an economy car, an SUV. My second tribute to your politicians was to Cory Booker, who when I went over there, all of a sudden said, you know what, we need to stop eating meat, and of course... The Irish guy went, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of barbecue. I think I had barbecue seven or eight times because it's good. Texas barbecue, oh my God, is it good. But the solutions, the solutions are, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you the solutions through this show. I actually believe there is a hunger for founding principles. I actually think we're at a point in time, and I can't tell you that it's going to happen on this date, but I believe we're relatively close to the American people actually going, you know what? Nothing makes sense anymore. What can we put our hat on? What can we, what can we say is consistent? What principles do we truly stand for? And these are not left-right principles, by the way. Don't th- I believe we need to stop thinking in the paradigm of left-right, Democrat, Republican. I actually believe we need to start thinking in the paradigm of ideas, paradigm of principles. I actually think principles are about to become cool again. I spoke to young kids on this trip. I spoke to college Republicans. And I just sat with them for over, I think it was about an hour and 90 minutes, maybe 100 minutes. And instead of actually talking to them, I actually just sat with them and answered any questions they have. From South America to Brexit, to free trade, to principles, to why America is is exceptional. I spoke with lots of young kids. I spoke with, you know, YAL. I've done several speeches for them on different college campuses in Houston. I spoke to older people. There is a thirst for founding principles. When I gave all these speeches of why America is an exceptional nation, one thing that scared me but also inspired me was the amount of people who said, it's been a while since I've heard that. Here's the belief of what I believe we need to do. We need to make the case for principles, for freedom, each and every week. I believe I need to plant the seeds of freedom that I, as many as I can. To share them with as many as I can. Through speeches, through this show, through media appearances. But I also need to arm y'all with the truth, with those principles, and why those principles are important, in the hope that you will take those principles, and then you will turn them into seeds, and you will plant them. 
Because here's the thing, y'all. If we want to build a forest or create a forest or plant a forest, we, you know, all these trees that you see didn't just become big, major oak trees, 200 years old. You know, I was at a buddy in my place, Joel. He showed me a tree that was, was planted and was formed before George Washington was president. I thought that was as cool as hell, that piece of history. That tree didn't become this majorly big branch tree with all these solid roots in, you know, a year or two. It took 250, 260 years. We need to start planting seeds, but then each and every time we can, we need to water those seeds and encourage those seeds to become little trees, to begin to big trees, then to be in mighty oaks that are like 100 feet tall with roots ever going. That's how we need to start sharing. Because here's the other thing I learned. A lot of people don't know what they're for. And a lot of people believe that's just the other side is the fault. We need to start preaching to the choir, gang. I hear many people saying we need to reach out to the left, we need to reach out to liberals, we need to make the case. Absolutely we do. But you know what we also need to do? We need to preach to the choir. We need to start making the case and making it easy for Americans to understand factually why America is an exceptional nation. You're not exceptional because, hey, you're an American and you're better than everyone else. That isn't the case. You're not exceptional because if that's the case for your exceptionality, Ireland can say the same thing. Hey, we're just better because we're Irish. Hitler could say the same thing. Well, we're better because we're German. We're the Aryan race. That doesn't make you exceptional, that you're American. It doesn't. The principles that your founders stood for and fought for made you exceptional. That idea of America made you exceptional. I believe if we start making the case each and every week, we win. And when I say we win, let me be crystal clear. I don't mean we win an election. I don't mean you get a good president. I mean we win freedom. We win that opportunity. Because I actually believe people want that opportunity want that idea of America where if you are successful in America, you have the right to keep the fruits of your labor. But also, guess what? If you're unsuccessful, you have the right to fail. But also, if you do fail, your life isn't over. You know, Henry Ford should be an inspiring story for everyone who's failed. The idea of where he came up with this great idea, except it wasn't a great idea, and went bankrupt. Then he came up with another great idea, except it wasn't that great. He failed and went bankrupt. And then he came up with another great idea. And then it wasn't that great. And he failed and went bankrupt. And then he came up with another great idea. Except it wasn't that great, y'all. And he failed and he went bankrupt. And then he created the Model T. And then the rest, as we know, is history. That idea that you are able to fail is amazing. We need to make the case for those principles. We need to make the case to our own side, but to every side. Because here's the key thing about your principles, about the idea of America. I've studied ideologies, I've studied history, I've studied countries. I'm not claiming to be some historical expert and how you should listen to me, but I have studied a lot of other nations, briefly, and in depth in some, in some cases. The American ideology, the idea of God-given rights, the idea of nature's law and nature's God, is the most inclusive ideology known to man. Is it perfect? No, but it's damn close. We should be going out there making the case of these principles because I actually believe I am more hopeful for the future than I have ever been for many reasons. One, I actually think these are going to become cool again 
because I think you're at a point in history where you're all about to see nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing makes sense anymore. What, what, what do we do? What are the solutions? And because they've been so forgotten that if anyone can step forward and go, here are the solutions. In humble terms, this is the solution. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. And make them understand that it's not, if it's me, I'll do it. But it's not about me. I'm not sitting here going, you know what? If all y'all Americans just listen to this Irish guy, I'll solve all your problems. I'm not that type of person. Because that's not the truth. All I have done is I've read enough history and I appreciate everything you have done for people like me. I appreciate even the world I live in, which I am desperately trying to get rid of and escape from, a utopia of Ireland, is better now because of America. Because of American ingenuity. Because of innovation. Because of the American dream. Even though I want to escape it, my life right now isn't that bad. You know, compared to other people, other generations, I'm trying to get away from it. It's not that bad. I could live under this life. It's just not what I want to do. I want to get over there and serve. But I believe we need to make the case each and every week that we can. And that we all have a job to plant seeds. This job is not about one man or one woman or even one party. I can't do this by myself. Glenn Beck can't do this by himself. Heck, even the Blaze as a company with all the talent we have can't do this. We need you. I believe I can't talk for what everyone else is going to do. I'm going to do my damnedest to each and every week try and inspire you. Try to encourage you. Because we need to make the case for principles, but in humble terms, with passion. Because I believe passion wins. And maybe this is where I'm trying to, maybe I'm been biased here towards myself, but I am not short of passion. I am very passionate about your future. I believe in your future. I have so much passion. I don't know who can match me on the passion scale because I am a big boy. That is a fat joke, by the way. You know, I've got a lot of passion inside me. Other people might call it fat, but it's passion. Trust me, they're wrong. But I don't know anyone who ever went, you know what, I met someone today and it turns out I was wrong my whole life on this. And how did you find it out? Well, they demeaned me, they insulted me, they hurt my feelings and then they told me how I was wrong. Do you know anyone who ever did that or ever had that happen to them? I don't. But I also believe that how people change is by, hey, go and listen. Hey, can I have a conversation with you about principle? And then make the case in humble terms and in, with a lot of passion. Make the case for freedom. Make the case for, I want to empower you to have a better tomorrow. I want to empower you to control more of your life. Not some bureaucrat in D.C., regardless of who, which party appointed them. I want to empower you against a Republican, against a Democrat. I want to empower you because you, sir or madam, are an individual. And you should be able to be empowered to make the most decisions for your life because you have one life, one opportunity to do everything you can to live a prosperous life. And we should be encouraging people to do that. And here's where I'm going to get really cool with you. And I want to share some good news with you. I can't share full details with you because they're still up in the air. You want to know why I had an amazing trip? Got to meet your people. I got inspired. I, I have a fire on my belly. I don't know if that's come across. Got to do a lot of media. Got to speak to a lot of people but also because I finally have my roadmap. I made a proclamation at the start of this year. This year will be the year I live in America. This is the year I will serve your people. 
Well, my dream came a lot closer with this trip. I have a roadmap. And I want you all to hold me to account. If on the 31st of December, and that's going to be a late date, if on the 31st of December I am not living in your nation, I want you to Facebook me. I want you to tweet me and go, hey, what the hell happened? I want you to hold me accountable because I will be there. I had some amazing meetings. I will get over there on a volunteer visa. I will serve your people. But most importantly, I will share the message of why America is an exceptional nation with as many people as I can. Young, old, black, white, liberal, Democrat, Republican, conservative. I don't care. I am going to get there and I'm going to talk with anybody who will let me talk and share that message. Because I dare you to say I can't. I dare you to say my passion for your nation can't be overcome. I dare you to say, yeah, but they're going to listen to somebody else and be, you know, dispassionate and think America sucks. Maybe this has been ego and maybe I've, you know, been pumped up by a holiday. I don't know. But I believe that my passion, not for me, but for your nation will win. Because here's the truth. Your nation is an exceptional nation. Just people have forgotten why. And I'm not going to let you forget anymore. It's time to stand. And I will link arm in arm with you and stand for your founding principles. And once again, not make America great again, but make once again, make America exceptional again. Because that is what you deserve. That is what your people deserve. And been blunt, it's what the world needs. The world needs America to be a beacon of light. Because there is no alternative. There is no other nation. We need America to stand for freedom and to promote freedom at every opportunity. And that is what I'm going to do. We release a new episode every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. We're on every major platform for free. This show doesn't cost you any money. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Omni FM, Player FM, Spotify. Please subscribe. Please share it with a family and a friend. That is how we're going to keep on growing, how we're going to reach new people. Also, if you listen on a platform like iTunes, please leave us a a rating and a review. It helps the algorithm. But that's how we're going to grow. This is going to be an organic movement. One of the things we need to do, or I need to do, is arm you with the principles. Because there is not one story that you see in the media today or that should be talked about or isn't talked about that can come back to some founding principles. And I want to share a couple of stories with you. So I had a really good interaction with a with a younger person today, or not, sorry, not today, in when I was on my trip giving these speeches. And they said, you know, I've heard you talk about the Constitution and that's fine and dandy, but, you know, there are certain problems the Constitution just can't fix. And I went, okay, name one. And they went, well, big money in politics. And I went, and he went, do you think that's a problem? I went, absolutely. Big money in politics is, is a problem. You know, you look at all these big corporate packs and you look at people just giving millions upon millions of dollars. I can see it's a problem. I believe in organic. I believe in, you know, making cl- decisions closest to you. But also when you understand how the way money operates in politics, m- money, people don't give million dollars for nothing. They're looking for something. So they went, well, okay, at least we, we can agree big money's in politics is a problem. Went, yep, no problem with that. How'd you fix it? 
this guy was a big Bernie supporter. He went, campaign finance reform. And I went, mm-hmm, disagree. We can agree on the problems. We just disagree on the solutions. And he went, well, Mr. Constitution, how do you fix it? And I went, okay, here's the situation. Constitution. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution gives the federal government 18 clauses of power of what it can do. Everything else is left up to the states. You start following the Constitution again, there is no reason to lobby government. There is no reason to lobby D.C. There is no reason to lobby and give a million dollars to a congressman. There's just none because they can't do very much. They're extremely limited. Then go on to the presidency. Article 2 has no power. All power should be vested in Congress. If you have an executive branch, i.e. the presidency, i.e. Article 2, which has no power, which is only the, the, the figurehead of the country, the commander-in-chief of the military, and has veto power, why give them a million dollars, whether it's a Democrat or Republican? There's no need for it. What you would have then is a system of government called federalism, where all the money that you have in the government would have to go to the states, but it would be harder. You would have to go to Austin, which, by the way, is the Texas legislator, which meets two months out of every two years. Therefore, at 22 months of the year, they do nothing. Big money is not in politics. Or if it is, there's no point because it's not going to do anything. They can't create laws when they're sitting at home, not in, co- in, not in Congress. Then they'd have to go to Chicago. Then they'd have to go to New York. Then they'd have to go to Washington. Now, it may be a different problem, but you, don't not, you do will not have big money in politics. I'm not saying I got him, that person, to the right side of the view or got him to see, but I know I gave him something to think about. Founding principles, your founding fathers were so incredible. Uh, Founding principles are the solution. Are the solution. Because you just think of this from a practical practical point of view. You have a million dollars to give someone. No matter who you are, whether you're Glenn Beck, whether you're Bill Gates, whether you're Warren Buffett, a million dollars, you're not writing a check for a million dollars going, oh, wow, this is pocket change to me. It's a million dollars. You're not writing it for nothing. If there's no chance you can be lobbied, then what's the point? If you are making case of where, you know, putting your hand in the Bible to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, why lobby you? There's no point. There's nothing you can do. Or if there is, there's very little you can do. Because you have to be fair to everyone. Now, you may still lobby for less taxes. Okay, cool. Well, then you lobby for less taxes for everyone and everyone wins. Or you may lobby for, you know, a better environment. Again, that's a different conversation because it depends on what type of lobbying you're doing or what rules you want. But if you're lobbying for certain principles, go for it. If you're lobbying for the free market, go for it. Everyone wins. That's what we need to make the case for. Second story I want to share with you comes from Ireland. Because Ireland... You can learn a lot from Ireland of why principles are not key. Now, I'm going to talk about an issue, and I don't want the issue to become this conversation because I actually want to highlight the principles behind it. So last year, you all know, Ireland became a very proud and progressive nation because we passed abortion laws. Well, they were only the start. They're now talking about new laws that are needed because of these abortion laws. Again, this is not a pro-life issue or an abortion issue. I want you just to focus in on the actual issues that are being discussed and the principles. Because here's a hint. It's in the First Amendment that America has, that no other nation has. The National Women's Council of Ireland has called for fast-tracking of legislation, providing for exclusive zones around centres providing abortion services in Ireland. There's a group called Sidewalk Advocates for Life. They were the subject of an undercover investigation by the newspaper. They recovered, received training materials, videos, and documents. 
They also revealed the group's plans to get around new laws for exclusive or safe zone areas for by by approaching women in car, par, car parks. Basically, this group of people is pro-life. They're influenced by America. America has done a major great thing about on the pro-life issue. But they want to, you know, have a conversation with you. They want to pray to you. They basically said that um, these. The quote from the doctor was that they needed to address the different types of tactics that were being used to intimidate not just women but healthcare providers who were offering the services of abortion. She said that as well as safe perimeter guidelines, safety zone legislation also needed to take account of certain type of behaviors, including spraying graffiti and displaying graphic images. Why do I want to talk to you about this? Because there's principles involved. Whether you like abortion or whether you think abortion is good, bad or indifferent, there are certain principles that need to be discussed here. And those two principles are in your First Amendment. Those principles are the right to free speech and the right to assembly. Do we have them? Do we believe in a right where, you know what, you have a right to speak. Even if I don't like what you say, you have a fundamental right to speak. You have a right to share your opinion. How many people stand for that today? How many people are willing to stand for speech? But also, do you have a right to assemble? If you see something, and let's just take the abortion topic. If you are pro-life, you literally believe a baby has been murdered in the womb. Do you have a right to assemble outside it and pray and make the case? Listen, you do have a choice, young lady. You do not have to abort and kill your baby. You have a choice. You are precious. We will stand with you. Is that oppressive? Is that wrong? Is that the meaning? Now, even if you believe, yes, it is, do you have a right to influence other people? If you've listened to this show uh, for several shows, and we did it again a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the second show of the year, foundational principle I, my, pre- my beliefs are built on. We are all created equal. Therefore, I do not have a right to tell you what you can and cannot do, because we're equal. If I believe I have a right to tell you what you can and can't say and where you can and cannot do it, then therefore we are not equal. I am automatically better than you. I am superior to you. I am a lord and you are a serf, if you believe you do have that right. I do not like certain speech, but I will stand to the debt for their right to say it. Do you feel the same? Do you believe in free speech? Do you believe that you have a right to assemble? Because I don't believe I have the right to tell anyone to shut up. No matter how vile it is. I do not have that right. I do not have a right to say, Hey, you, yeah, you pro-life person, you can't stand there. But I'm also consistent because I'll be the first one to say, Hey, you pro-choice person who want to make have abortions, you, can, you don't have a right to stand there. I'll be the first one saying both are wrong. Because I believe in foundational fundamental principles that are consistent for everyone that play the game. There's a sad thing about this is because the Minister for Health in Ireland described these practices as standing outside praying, telling people they have a choice. You know, ironic, the, the people saying you have a choice, now we're not pro-choice people. He described the practices of these groups as chilling, manipulative and disrespectful of the democratic process you see because in ireland let me explain something to you this is why ireland and america is exceptional and ireland is just another nation you see if the politician says something is true then you better sit down and shut up and comply 
Ireland is like every other nation. It is built on the law of man. Ireland is built on, hey, you know what? Government gives you rights. And if government gives you rights, government by default can take away your rights because it deemed fit. America is the only nation on the history of the world that said, no, 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 no. First of all, rights come from your creator and everyone is born with them. But second of all, it's not government's job to give rights or take rights away. It is the government's job to protect those rights. That is government's job. That is why America is exceptional and unique. You see, over here in Ireland and in the rest of the world, where Ireland voted to make abortion legal, to a lot of people, that's the issue, dead, done, thanks for playing, see it. Don't bother playing again later or coming back in a year or two years or trying to do any of these processes. It's done. The politicians have spoken. The will of the people has spoken. It's done. Sit down and shut up. America is different. America's went, no, 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 no. That issue may be done in the past, but that doesn't make it done. We will still continue to speak. We will still continue to assemble. And we will still try and win the argument. We will be the people who will make the case that every life, every life, not just the ones you deem acceptable, are precious and are worth fighting for. These are some of the principles of why America is different and exceptional and unique in a factual manner. Not my opinion, but in facts. If we don't start sharing, for standing for these, who will? Who will start making the First Amendment case here for free speech and the right to assemble? But also, who will be consistent and will promote and defend free speech even in its vilest form? As I also want to tell you another story. Another story happened while I was coming over here, when I was going over to America, sorry. It was a horrible story. Basically, there's a team, a soccer team in England called Cardiff City, and they signed this young kid. I think, well, he's not really young. He was in his 25. He's not young in football terms. And he signed, and basically, long story short, sadly, he went down in the English Channel in a, in a chartered jet and died. Really, really tragic, sad story. All the people were cut up about him. All the, all the media were really sad about it. Just a really sad story. Well, the next time Cardiff City were playing, they were playing a, city, a team called Southampton. And there was a lot of fans there. And there were some fans at the game went, you know what, you know what would be really cool? I know you've just lost your new player and he's died in the charter jet in this channel. But because we're such a classy bunch, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pretend to be planes. We're going to stretch our arms out and pretend to, you know, we have wings and, you know, put them up and down. And sing all these chants about players dying in the English Channel. In England, that happened. And the result was the police were called and these men were arrested. And a lot of people went, good, I'm glad they're arrested. They shouldn't have been allowed to say that. Are you for free speech? I despise what these guys do. I despise that you have such hatred in your heart and such pettiness in your heart that you know what you look at a football game we're not talking about politics i would say the same if if you picked your favorite political person that you hate and went you know what let's sing chants about them dying i'd still say you know what you're you got something wrong but this isn't even politics where the influence is part of your life this was a football game football game and you did that i i i I don't know how to talk to you. You have a lot of hatred in your heart. Do they have a right to say it? (sighs) Yes. And it should be. (sighs) Yes. 
It's not a, it's not a, hey, they're right to say it, they're spot on. No, you have a right to free speech, even the most vilest, sickest, stupidest, dumbest speech ever. You have a fundamental right. Because if you do not, well, then all of a sudden, we're not all created equal. All of a sudden, then it's a case of, you know what? There is a lord and a serf, and there is a gatekeeper that says what's acceptable and what's not. But again, how do you solve this problem? It's not by clamping down. It's not by the police. It's not true government. It's true people going, you know what? You are a bunch of sick people. We don't have anything to do with you. We don't, have any, we don't agree with that. We need to make the case for freedom. We need to make the case for principles on all sides. And we need to make the case for freedom. Because here's the thing. Ireland doesn't have it. England doesn't have it. They're two stories. These are common thread. But also, it's how we look to solutions. When people see a problem in society, the rest of the world will automatically look to government. America historically never did. America historically looked inwards. Look to your fellow man. It's why I love you. America is great because Americans are good. Not because of your government, not because of your politics, not because of political parties, but because of your people. And we need to make that case because once again, we will make America exceptional again through your people. finish up today's show by just talking to you from the heart and I don't know who this message is for but I feel inspired to share it and a bit of a story for you you know life can be really tough life will kick you in the most incredibly painful places at the most inconvenient times and make you want to give up sometimes in life the key term we need to understand is we need to persevere. This is apt for, you know, how we deal with principles, the battle we currently face ourselves in, if you believe in freedom, but also in personal battles. I want to share a story with you. And this story is about me. So, and I only found this story out this week. I remembered a certain day in my life. That day was the 28th of February, 2017. Two years ago, last Thursday. And how I remembered this story was not because of some, you know, brain smart of how great I am or how I remembered this story. I remember this because my Facebook memories came up and went, this year, this time, two years ago, boom, this is what happened in your life. It's really cool the way they, that feature happens. 28th of February, 2017, was arguably one of the greatest days of my life. It was an exciting day. And I got to share a piece of a picture of someone on my social media. If you if you happen to see it, it's on Twitter, Freedom Disciple, Facebook, Jonathan Dunn fifty eight. And what that was was a me signing a letter. And I just couldn't share the letter at the time because of legal reasons. But I got to print out this letter and this contract and sign it. It was an amazing feeling. What no one knew at that time was. I was going to work for Glenn Beck. My American dream was happening. I was going to live in America. 
I was also going to live in Texas, the greatest state in the union, where I feel most comfortable. I have a real special bond with Texas. I love every state, but Texas is special to me. And I was going to work with Glenn, one of my heroes. That was an amazing, amazing day. Here's what happened, though. That didn't happen. And two years later, I'm still in Ireland. And I can't legally work in America. I'm not going to lie to you if you're a new-term listener or you weren't around with me those two years ago. I went through a very, very dark time. I walked away from everything. I literally was like, you know what? I give up everything. I quit. I'm done. I literally, especially about America, I was like, you know what? I've been trying all these years. I've been trying 13 years. I was so close. It was literally, I could touch my dream and it was whipped away from me. And I was like, what can I do? I have no other options. I'm not going illegal. I have too much respect for America. My situation doesn't allow any other options. I don't see any other paths there. What can I do? And I was just so down and I had so few answers. I just went, I'm just giving up. I quit this show for a while. Just couldn't do it. I would have been a fraud. I I couldn't get behind this microphone with passion, with love, and speak how great your nation was. I was so hurt and so disappointed that my dream was dead. But what happened? What happened in those two years where I'm still not in America? I'll still probably maybe never work in America. But why is it that today, two years later, I can say I'm going to live in America? Because I persevered. Because while that door closed, other opportunities have opened. Opportunities opened here. Opportunities opened where, for the first time in my adult life, I don't owe anyone a penny. I have no debt. I actually have a few dollars now in savings. It's not much, but it's a start. I'm used to owing people money. I now have, I think it's something like 100 bucks in savings or something. It's not mega. It's not, hey, what, look what a great job I'm doing. It's a case of, you know what? It's better than nothing. And I've just ha- come back from vacation from your wonderful nation where I spent a lot of money. What happened? I didn't give up. For whatever reason, my heart longs to be in your country. I can't put into words how I feel when I'm in your nation. It's literally like going home for me. And I know I have no right to say that because I'm not an American citizen and I have no right to claim to be one. And I never do. But I am at home in your nation. I am at home around your people. I'm at home when I'm in your country. I am... It's what I want. It's what I love. There's a reason why on Monday evening when I was flying back to Ireland, I was crying. I was like, I, want, I don't want to go. Man, stepping on that plane was the hardest thing. Maybe not. It isn't the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was, it was right there. It was incredibly hard. The feelings I had to do to come back to Ireland were really hard. But here's what I did. And here's what we don't teach anymore. To turn pain, to turn a real bad thing into a positive. I, when I got on that plane, I was crying and I was upset and I'm still not exactly delighted to be here. I'm not complaining because I live a blessed life in Ireland. I have a great mother. I have a great dog. I don't owe anybody anybody. I have a full-time job. My life over here compared to even life 10 years ago is pretty sweet. But it's not what I want. It's not what my heart desires. But I was determined as I sat on that plane going, I don't want to go back to Ireland. I don't want to go back to Ireland. I've just had such an amazing trip in Texas. I want to stay. 
was I'm going to turn that pain, that agony, that obsess, that, those tears into motivation. And it's going to drive me to get there. Because sometimes in life, we just have to go, life, okay, hit me again. You can hit me as hard as you want. Even in the most uncomfortable places, you can hit me. I ain't giving up. Because I am going to persevere. That is a fundamental principle that America has. America is not based on history about doing the right thing. It's about doing the right thing when it is really tough. You know, you've had many, 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 many dark days. But you persevered. You didn't give up. You inspire me. I don't know what you're going through right now in life. If you're going through health issues, if you're going through physical issues, if you're going through work issues, if you're going through just life issues, where things just really suck, sometimes all you've got to do is persevere and not give up. Please, whatever you're going through, don't give up. Because no matter how bad things look, no matter how many times that door has been slammed shut in your face and you're like, I just can't. I just cannot continue on. Yes, you can. You're not given anything, I believe, that you can't deal with in life. You just have to prove to yourself you can overcome it. And that no matter what life throws at you, no matter what shit, no matter what garbage, no matter what BS, you're like, I'm going to take it and I'm going to keep on fighting. But no matter what, I am never, ever giving up. That is quintessentially an American principle. That is my opinion, but I believe it. When you go through your history of what your founders went through, fighting against the Hessians, when you think of all the battles of George Washington, when he fought them and he had to surrender and retreat and then fight them again and then surrender and retreat, and on and on and on. It wasn't all plain sailing. Even when you declared your independence and you beat the Hessians, it took till 1787 to get your constitution. And then it took from 1787 to 1791 to get your Bill of Rights. It was not all plain sailing. It wasn't all simple. It was about persevering. I don't know what you're going through in your life, but please keep persevering. Do not give up. Because together, individually, together as a community, as a country, as a world... We can have a brighter tomorrow. We can have a stronger tomorrow. We have the roadmap. It's the principles of freedom. It's encouraging and empowering people to be better. And when people are knocked down, when people are hurting, encouraging them to get back up. Because you're not defined by your failures. The only reason you're defined by your failures is if you fail and you don't get up. And that's your last action. America, the quintessential idea, is not about being defined by your failures. It's about being defined by your successes. Don't count how many times I fall. Count how many times I get back up. Whatever you're going through in your life, don't give up. I know it's hard. I know it's really testing. Trust me when I say this. I think I maybe, of all the people you hear or listen to, maybe came the closest to giving up everything and i mean everything a couple of years ago but i didn't something inside me told me to keep going and here i am two years later talking to you still still passionate about america and making the proclamation that by the end of this year i will live in your nation i will be serving your people i will be speaking to as many people as i can about american exceptionalism two years ago that wasn't possible today it is 
in large part because I did not give up. Something wouldn't let me. Whatever it is you're going through, find it within yourself. Find that little voice. Find that little opinion. File that little emotion that says, do not give up. And use this pain. Use this hurt. Use these emotions to drive you. If you have people in your life saying you can't achieve it or you can't get there and you just have to accept it and you're hurting because of that, use them as motivation. I want you to visualize what it's going to be like to see them and the, look them in the eye and go, you remember a couple of years ago or a couple of months ago or a couple of days ago, you said I couldn't do it? You were wrong. Use them as motivation. We need to start encouraging people. We need to start inspiring people. Because that is how we get through this. That is how we survive, but also how we prosper. I want to thank you for listening to today's show. Please share it with your family, your friends, to everyone that you can. Please share it on social media. And we finish this show the way we finish every show we do. By saluting the real heroes in society. Your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and most of all, your veterans. You know the men and women who actually risk something 24-7 for a brighter tomorrow? Who risk it all at a given moment? who risk their lives for someone they don't know, whether they're liked or despised by that person. And most importantly, I salute you, the great American people. Never forget this. I love you because of your country. I love you because of your people. And I love you because of your ideals. I do not love you because of your politics. I never have and I never will. But I love you because America is great, because Americans are good. That is the secret sauce. Keep been great. Keep been exceptional people. And you will make your nation exceptional again. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, have a beautiful and blessed week, America. God bless. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. 